Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Goes by the pseudonym most nerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome indeed to Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800 848 W-A-B-C is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And we have, ladies and gentlemen, so much in the news to discuss. You heard Mayor Rudy uh, talking about the Speaker's race, and he is exactly right. We are going to continue the discussion of the Speaker's race. Jim Jordan, it went from 80 votes when they stopped the voting to 20 votes that he is short. Uh, there's a breakdown I have of the vote somewhere. It would not surprise you that the Rhino Caucus is in full swing with this. There is, I guess, the de facto leader of the Rhinos today would be a guy out of Nebraska that most people have never heard of, Congressman Don Bacon. And he has been one of the most adamant. New York's Mike Lawler, this guy, this guy's so arrogant, so rhino out of New York. He is also one of those who voted against Jim Jordan. There are some people on the Republican on Republican side expressing their anger that Scalise was not picked. But we shall see. There could be a second vote. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin! Kevin, uh, Kevin's people. Uh, Kevin got a few votes there. Scalise got a few votes. Even Lee Zeldin, who is not a member of Congress anymore, was able to get two votes. The hatred of conservatives by other Republicans is, to me, the real story here. In fact, there is a story, and I'll come back to this. Princess Diana and I have been texting each other about this race since last night. Last night I called her, actually, and asked her what her predictions were. But there is a story in the New York Times that kind of, in a way, epitomizes the real struggle going on here. 
I'm sorry, it's in the Washington Post. It's in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. It is a piece of analysis by Aaron Blake, a staff writer with the Amazon Prime Washington Post, and he says Jim Jordan is hard right. But, but, but he's also in sync with the GOP base. And that, now you, you might argue the hard right terminology, but that's how they view conservatives. They're the hard right, et cetera, et cetera. But this is one of the first analysis piece, I, pieces I've seen in the main, mainstream press that actually gets the distinction that Jim Jordan, that the Republican base is what they call hard right, not the moderate. He says he argued last week that Jordan's sudden rise is less a reflection of his own evolution toward playing nice with leadership than of the broader GOP shift toward his and Donald Trump's bare-knuckle political style. Bare-knuckle nothing. But that's the way they view it. So... And unfortunately, the Republican base does not view things this way. Now, Princess Diana sent me some interesting information. She would be the princess of policy, for those of you that don't know. Princess Diana, our princess of policy, our brilliant majesty of policy. And one of the things that she reminded me and actually brought to my attention was that multiple ballots for speaker happened a bunch of times in American history. And then she outlined for me, Princess Doi did, a few of the longest fights. Now be prepared because these are names that you've probably never heard of. John W. Taylor, Speaker of the 16th Congress. That went from 1819 to 1821, required 22 ballots, 22 ballots before he was elected. They were a contentious bunch by then because when we got to the 17th Congress, they had another vote for Speaker, and they elected Philip Pendleton Barber, Speaker of the 17th Congress. That went from 1821 to 1823. He required 12 ballots before getting the nod. We apparently had a few years of peace in the speakership because the next time a fight emerged was the 31st Congress of the United States. And get this, get this. The speaker of the 31st Congress was Howell Cobb. That Congress started in 1849, went to 1851. That speaker required 63 ballots. 63 ballots were cast before they chose the Speaker of the House. Nathan Prentice Banks, Speaker of the House of the 34th Congress, was still in the 1800s. 1855 to 1857, 133 ballots. What? Jim Jordan lost the ballot. 
Should he quit? Should he stop? He he lost one. He he lost the first vote. Nathan Prentice Banks, Speaker of the Thirty Fourth Congress, Thirty Fourth Congress, eighteen fifty five to eighteen fifty seven. That election for Speaker required one hundred thirty three ballots. William Pennington, Speaker of the Thirty Sixth Congress, eighteen fifty nine to eighteen sixty one. 44 ballots. Princess Di adds this. The nation did not collapse because there was no speaker chosen on the first, second, third, even up to the 15th and beyond ballot. The nation did not collapse. In fact, these fights were so non-impactful, they're not even mentioned today. Ignorance of history is why people go into melodrama mode at the prospect of not having a speaker for a period of time. They are not aware of the history. And one of the things I've been pointing out is that there is nothing new here. And I mentioned yesterday I had a guy that claimed to be a fan of the show, I don't doubt him, who said, though, he was deserting me because I had the audacity, the nerve, to suggest that I was okay with there not being a Speaker of the House for a while. We have all these important things to do. The House has every... This is terrible. This is a clown show. I don't care. I can go out of the Speaker for another few weeks, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. Because my life is not tied up in what the government does. And if government is your God and you need to sit down and bow your head before your government, get on your hands and knees and prostrate before the government, oh, mighty government, please pass some legislation today to make my life better. Oh, mighty government, please do something today. Doesn't matter to me if government is out for a week or two or three. They could shut the thing down for a few weeks. Wouldn't bother me. And so if that causes you not to be a fan of the show, I apologize that that would do it. But no, I don't. I'm not sorry for my position. This is my position. I'm glad that I don't have this overarching desire for government to be the all the end-all and be-all in my life. And for most people, I asked you yesterday, I'll ask you again today. So we've been without a speaker for two weeks. How has that impacted your life? What has happened in your life that has changed because there's no speaker of the house? Did they come collect your garbage? Well, in most places, unless you're in a blue city, yeah. When you turned on the tap to get water, did you have water? Yes. Unless, of course, you're in some area like East Palestine, Ohio, where Joe Biden can't make his way to. There was a funny uh, uh, um, a cartoon or something, a meme. Joe Biden is going to Palestine. No, not you, East Palestine, Ohio. He won't come there where you had that big disaster. But he will get on a plane and go overseas. So, where are we with this? There could be a second vote tonight. There could be. Maybe some members will change their mind. 
For some, this is said to have been a symbolic protest vote to show how angry they are. Yes, my friends, they're still angry that Kevin was deposed. They're still mad, running around having a tantrum. You get rid of Kevin. You get rid of Kevin. Even though Kevin didn't keep his word. And some people are saying, you know, that Jim Jordan, that guy's just too far. That guy's just one of those. He's one of those radicals. He's not a radical. He's not an extremist. He's just a plain old conservative. And then you get, like, my good friend Derek Harper, who's with me. And I usually have a discussion Saturday morning. I can't wait to talk with Derek this week coming up, because Derek was giving me the business about Matt Gates. What legislative... What legislative victories does Matt Gates have? He's just a peacock. Matt Gates just knocked off the Speaker of the House for lying to the Republican base. He doesn't need legislative victories. And how about that? How about that very question? What legislative victories does he have? Since when are you conservatives supposed to be all tickled and excited and orgasmic because somebody's passed a piece of legislation. What happened to that era where we all talked about, remember when Clinton sat up there and waved that bony finger in our faces and told us that the era of big government was over, and everybody was like, yay, he sounds like a conservative, yay. No, he wasn't a conservative, he was lying. The era of big government was just getting ready to get bigger, and now it's bigger than it ever has been. And you have conservatives now, very, very prominent conservatives, worried because, oh, goodness, we're not getting more legislation passed. We have too much legislation in this country right now. One of the things that Trump did, Donald Trump, to become president after he became president that helped reinvigorate the American economy was he slashed the regulations, these onerous regulations on businesses. There was a graphic where in the early days of his White House, they actually wanted to illustrate how many regulations he cut. So they stacked the regulations, and it was a stack of paper that almost went from floor to ceiling. And yet most people wouldn't even know that anything was done. Because this is how much. If you went through all of the regulations that you live under on the state level, on the municipal level, on the federal level, you have no idea how vast this government really is and how many, how much of your life is already under control one way or another of government. And we are America the nation that is supposed to be promoting individual liberty. Anyway, I went askew there. I went afar of my point. My point is, I don't care whether we have a speaker for another. I I hope it's Jim Jordan. If it's not Jim Jordan, if the Rhinos win this and it's not Jim Jordan, all right, let's go back to the drawing boards for a few more weeks, months. Eventually, we'll have a speaker. Oh, 
On this day in 1981, my friends, Criss Cross, Christopher Cross, started a three-week run at number one. U.S. singles chart was this one, Arthur's Theme. Such a beautiful song. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Your calls welcome 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Singing my life with his words. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his song. Telling my whole life with his words. Enter stage left, planet Earth. Wycliffe Jean, Haitian rapper, musician. 1996. The Fugees break it out with this one. Goes to number one. The remake of, uh, yes, 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 Roberta Flax. Now, that's who I would love to have an interview with. She's here in New York, you know. Roberta Flax, Killing Me Softly, this is the reboot. With the Fugees. Wycliffe Jean, the three-time Grammy winner. Born today, 1972. So events in Israel have taken a an ominous, uh, om, ominous turn. I'm not saying that right. There has been what is being reported, and the first report I had on it was that Hamas claimed that Israel had hit a hospital and that there were 500 dead. Now, you start looking at the coverage, some people are estimating, some news organizations, that the number of dead are between two and 300. They, no one is denying that a hospital was hit, but, but, and this is important, but Israel is not denying that they did it, but they are not saying yes, they are investigating. And the reason they're investigating is this. Hamas apparently had been launching missile strikes from near the area. 
And Hamas has a reputation, a track record, where some of their munitions fail and end up hitting areas. Instead of hitting Israel, they hit areas in their own territory. So the Israeli government, I saw an interview with a spokesman for uh, for Bibi Netanyahu, and he said, look, he said, we're doing an investigation. But he noted that they, the, the uh, Hamas had said there was a, they had warned of a missile strike that was supposed to hit Haifa, and no strike hit Haifa at all. And this was in close proximity to the time that this incident that took place in Gaza happened. Now, if it turns out that Gaza, that this hospital in Gaza was hit by Hamas, if that's what the Israeli investigation says, I don't expect Hamas to ever admit it if they did it. But if that's the case, and Israel says, nope, this wasn't us. This was Hamas hitting their own people, obviously by accident. I wonder what the reaction is going to be in the mainstream press. Joe Biden, as you know, is on his way over there. We already talked about that. And one wonders, the the thing about that is, watch what they do, not what they say. All of this talk about Joe Biden's support for Israel, look at the actions. Iran is still on track to get the $600 billion, um, the $6 billion, $6 billion. That the Biden administration set in place for them to have. Ted Cruz was out today pretty much saying, look, this president is largely responsible because of the funding of Hamas for what's happening on the ground there. And the fallout of this is still having repercussions that we could spend an entire day. We could spend an entire day. New York City emergency room doctor, Dr. Dana Daib, with Lenox Hill, Brookdale, fired. These people, you know, you go on Twitter, on X, formerly known as Twitter, Go on social media, you make these posts, and it's like they don't, people don't understand. There are people watching everything. She made a post that said, Dr. Dana Diab, Zionist settlers getting a taste of their own medicine. She wrote. That was perceived as her rejoicing the massacre of Israeli settlers. Northwell Health, which was a hospital, has confirmed 
Yep, she's gone. Not working here anymore. Said a code of professional conduct was violated here. That wasn't the statement from them. That was another statement that was posted. Hate has a price. Now, the New York Post reached out to the doctor. She said she never called for harm to anyone in her post. She says she never has, never will abdicate her duty and her oath as a physician. But her termination, the latest in a deluge. A nonprofit started by Victoria's Secret founder, Leslie Wexner, has cut ties with Harvard University. Foundation said it was sickened over Harvard's dismal failure to condemn the mass slaughter of Israelis by Hamas terrorists. The Wexner Foundation wrote to Harvard's board Monday to formally end its financial support of Harvard after the school also failed to condemn a statement by more than 30 student groups that held Israel totally responsible for the violence. Alicia Keys has found herself in the midst of controversy. Alicia Keys apparently said that the post that she made was completely, completely unrelated to anything with to do with Israel. She made a post, she was involved with a post, of activities that she would do if she weren't afraid of anything. And one of the things that she said, question, what would you do if you weren't afraid of anything? Tell me the truth. Alicia Keys said, I've had my eyes on paragliding. Now, a lot of people took that to mean that she was making a statement about the paragliders that went into Israel. She quickly deleted the post. And she said, the post I shared earlier was completely unrelated in any way to the recent devastating loss of innocent lives. My heart has been breaking. I pray for and stand for peace. You know what? I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Alicia Keys has not been one of these artists that's been out running her mouth at every social cause and trying to. She that's not who she's been. And I can if she says if Alicia Keys says, "Look, this was unrelated. I didn't what? Let's just just give." Okay, I'm willing. I'll give benefit for the doubt. Okay. I, I think, and by the way, she has an Israeli song. One of her um, main uh, people on her, I don't know whether it's a songwriter or whatever, or her production staff that she leans into very heavily for her career and has, is Israeli. Just by the way. So I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. 1970. I remember this well. This was the third album. Five weeks at number one. The Jackson Five. Number one on the charts. 
with this one. Lead singer, of course, young Michael Jackson. Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Two thousand eight, and Lewis. Oh man, Levi Stubbs died. Four Tops lead singer. He battled it for a long time. He was diagnosed with cancer back in 1995, the stroke, he had other health problems, so he had to stop touring in 2008. But the four tops, 20 top 40 hits over a 10-year period. The unique sound of the four tops on WABC Talk Radio 77. WABC. We have news from Taxachusetts. The governor there, Maura Healey, has announced that the state of Massachusetts is on the verge of reaching capacity and will not guarantee accommodations for migrants as over 7,000, a mere 7,000 migrants, a mere, a drop in the bucket compared to the millions of illegal aliens that have entered the country, our shelter system cannot expand indefinitely. This level of demand is not sustainable. We need urgent support from the federal government, which bears ultimate responsibility for the situation. Wait a minute. You said you were a sanctuary city. That's what you said. You said, come on in. You have 7,000 illegal immigrants, and you're whining. How many millions are in Texas, in California, California, Kate, and some of the other states that have been dealing with this problem for decades while you were running around trying to signal virtue? We're a sanctuary city. We're a sanctuary state. The city would be basking. Now, she says that Massachusetts is not going to abandon the right to shelter. But after November 1st, families seeking shelter will be assessed. Those with the highest needs will be prioritized. I guess the rest of them just have to make it for themselves on the streets of Massachusetts. In case you don't know it, this gag order that was placed on Donald Trump by Judge Chutkin out of Washington, D.C., I would not be surprised if this ends up in the Supreme Court of the United States. She's pretty much telling him what he can and cannot say on the campaign trail. And one of the things that, and and you're not allowed to talk about me. You're not allowed to talk about me and my staff. This is a first ever. We have not seen this before in this country. 
Donald Trump has said that he is going to challenge this and appeal it. And I hope this appeal goes all the way up. In the meantime, there were all kind of posts on social media last night, since Trump can't say it, we can. Donald Trump has also said he's willing to go to jail to protect democracy in the U.S. He said that at a campaign rally in Iowa, soon after Tanya Chutkin placed restrictions on what he can say about his case. She barred him from attacking prosecutors. What the hell? Really? You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to say anything about the people that are persecuting you. I don't know how that, I do not know how that will pass constitutional muster. But we'll see. They can smear him. They can do everything they want. Donald Trump told the supporters, they're getting beaten very badly by me in the polls. They think the only way they can catch me is to stop me from speaking. They want to take away my voice. A judge gave a gag order today. Did you hear that? On speech, which I believe is totally unconstitutional, what she did. And mentioned that the judge doesn't like him too much. Yeah. That's an understatement. Now, for her part, the judge said that no other criminal defendant would be allowed to criticize the prosecutors, so she's not going to allow it in this case. So, if, if, if the government comes after you in the new United States of America, if the government comes after you, you are not allowed to talk about the people that have come after you. That's the new United States of America, where you don't have freedom of speech. I want to get busy on some of the telephone calls that we have. People have been patiently waiting. Let's start with Hudson in the Bronx, New York. Hudson, thank you for waiting. You're on WABC. Hey, Bo. Hope everything's good. Um, Just to, before I get to my point with the Alicia Keys thing, um, you know, I, I don't believe that for one second. She she did a huge thing on the BET Awards about Black Lives Matter, and she's posted so many things about BLM, so that that's not a coincidence. Um, okay. But with, the, um, but, but with the other stuff, um, you know, by the way, I miss I I missed that. I did not watch the BET Awards, so forgive my ignorance. I was unaware that she did that. That's why I said she hasn't been saying much. She's not one of these loudmouths. So I didn't watch it. I didn't see it reported. So that was news to me. Can't watch everything. Yeah, okay. No, I, so I, you, I, so you're saying you think that it was intentional? This was intentional. One hundred percent. Yeah, but 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 to my point before, okay. I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent. I could care less who's the speaker. I don't want them to pass anymore. But it's garbage how much money that we spend. But my point is that every single thing that everyone watches, including and most you know independents and Democrats, it all has to be how Biden is not just destroying this country but destroying the world. So us not having a speaker right now. All it's doing is taking air out of the room. And there's four people from New York. Um, I looked it up. Again, too much time on my hands. I looked it up, and there's four people from New York that, that didn't vote for Jim Jordan. Now, Jim Jordan, if you ask any conservative or any conservative that I know, everyone loves Jim Jordan. So you yep. got three people. You got, you got three people 
that voted for Zeldin. I don't even think Zeldin wants to be speaker. You got one person, uh, Mike Lauer from New York. All, all these people from New York, by the way. Lawler. You're talking about this guy, Lawler. This guy yeah. is just a real piece of work. He is one of the most arrogant freshmen that has ever been there. He's he He's so rhino and so anti-conservative. I, I, this guy infuriates me, this Lawler with his, 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 his just blatant dislike of conservatives. He, look, he's probably one of these guys in a purple district and he feels he's got to kiss the butts of Democrats in order to get reelected. Would be my guess. I haven't looked into his district numbers. I will because I want to know. But yeah, he's one of the, he's one, so he's one of the four from New York that voted against Jim Jordan. Yeah, he he's one of the four. He voted for McCarthy, and McCarthy has backed Jim Jordan. So you tell me how yep. that makes sense. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and and the other three, just to give you the names quick, and then I'll let you go, Bo. And I love you, by the way. It's uh, Rep. Anthony D'Esposito, New York. Andrew Garbanino, New York. Nick Lode, New York. And then that little punk, Mike Warrior. So those are the four. Uh, I love you, Bo. Have a good day, man. Thank you much. Appreciate the call. I have the list of all twenty here, as I said. And just last names, Bacon Buck, Chavez Dremere, D'Esposito, Diaz Bolet, uh, but I always mispronounce his name. Diaz Ballard is his name. Elze, you mentioned the four in New York, Garbarino, Jimenez, Gonzalez, Granger, James, Kelly, Kiggins, Laota, Lamalfa. I've never heard of Congresswoman. Uh, Congressperson Lamalfa. Then you got that Lawler out of New York, Rutherford, Spars, Simpson, and Womack. Those are the 20. Now, some of these may change. And then again, some of them may not. Al in Yonkers, you're on WABC. Good afternoon, Bo. You know, Bo, I just wanted to say I hope uh, uh, we can get a new speaker in there. It's good to have him, uh, he or she, in there uh, because of the line of succession. And hopefully we could see what we saw back in the 80s, uh, a sense of working together when we saw Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. I remember as a young kid, I, I used to vacation, still do, in a town in Cape Cod. And I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Tip O'Neill, who was then actually the speaker. So it was a nice thrill to meet him. And I hope uh, we could see that uh, a working spirit again in the future. You met the Tip O'Neill, who, who the Irishman, Tip O'Neill, who it was said he and Ronald Reagan, after all these heated exchanges they had, they were still on friendly terms with each other. Uh, and yeah, okay, I, I hear you. Wouldn't it be nice? You know, and I like the rainbows and the unicorns too. But the days of all this comedy and all this stuff, that's long over with. This has been partisan warfare in the house since I don't, since, since the nineties. And you know what? And I still maintain, and look out, love you, love the call. I still maintain, fine with me. You guys don't want to have a speaker? Don't have a speaker. Okay. We America can get along without a speaker of the House for a while longer. New York's 17th Congressional District, this is where this guy Lawler is. He's right up here. Includes Rockland, Putnam, most of northern Westchester, and Southern Dutchess County. He's right in our airwaves. This guy, what a case of, what a piece of work this guy Lawler is. 
I hope he has a primary challenge. I really hope someone primaries him. I would love to see him replaced by another Republican, if at all possible. Oceanside, Mike, you're on WABC. How are you? Most in northern Westchester and southern Dutchess County. Okay, radio's still on because that's my voice. Let's just bring that down. Got to turn your radio off in the background. Let's go to New Jersey. Rick, you're on WABC. James, I'm set up about a lot of things right now, but today I just want to say don't bring any of that hatred for Jewish people to New Jersey. Uh, me and my friends, we're looking and watching, and if I see anybody attacking Jewish people, I will attack them. I'm trained, I'm armed, so don't do it. Let's not even go there. I mean, I don't want this air, this show to be involved with threats to people, but look, this stuff, look, let me just say something to you about that. And look, I understand the sentiment because it is disgusting. But here's something that I think we should keep in mind. These people are revealing who they are for the world. These people at these college campuses who are these professors. There was another one at Cornell. This guy uh, said that the attacks, get this, from Cornell University, he called the, um, the Hamas attacks exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energized. And if they weren't exhilarated by this challenge to the monopoly of violence by shifting, by the shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be human. That is what Cornell professor Russell Pickford said about the Hamas attack on Israel. Told that to the Daily Sun. Now listen, wouldn't you rather know who these people are? I would. Let them speak. Let all of them speak. Let all of them speak loudly so we know who they are and what they think. It's time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs here on WABC. Birthday today, Jim Tucker, guitarist for the Turtles. 1967. This was number one on WABC, Los Angeles Rush Hour. Coming back, more of your calls straight ahead. Imagine how the world could be so very so happy together. The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The amazing researcher, TJ, told me that is a purple district. Lawler won it uh, 51-49. Why are we playing this guy? I know, I'll tell you why, because it's his... Even he has a birthday. Eminem. Thank you, that's enough. Thanks. Done. Thanks, Eminem. His birthday's today. Uh, 77 WABC listeners, join us on October 25th as 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda bring back 
our day of programming as we back the blue. Special programming all day on October 25th. And to police officers everywhere, we thank you for your honor and dedication as you protect and you serve. You can download the 77 WABC app. Listen all day October 25th as we back the blue. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we're going to ask you to just get your thoughts together, be able to deliver quickly your point, because we're nearing the end of the show and we want to speak to as many of you as possible. It is... James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And we start off with Russ in White Plains. Russ, you're up on Rapid Phones. What's on your mind? Bannon calls Lawler a beta male with a beard. You know, Lawler came in when Sean Patrick Maloney and Pelosi pushed out Mondaire Jones, so he's very nervous. But what I wanted to ask you is, what happened to Austin Scott? I thought he was Newt Gingrich's catch ball, and now he's disappeared from the scene. Thanks a lot, James. Thank you, and I have no idea. I'll have to look into it. Todd in Bergen County, you're up next. Bo, Todd, why with yes. all the mil- Yes, with all the millions of Jews that we have in New York, why do they let these people, these anti-Semitic animals, protest? Why can't they get together and not violently, peacefully, just dismantle these uh, acts of aggression immediately? We have a First Amendment in this country that applies to speech that we don't like. And people, and look, there is one, there is more than one point of view on almost everything you can think about. And people have a right to express their point of views. Now they don't have a right to incite violence and they don't have several other rights. But do they have a right to express their point of view in America? Absolutely they do. And that's why we have to put up with the protests. Denise in Brooklyn, New York, you're up next. I wanted to talk to you about Israel, but didn't see anyone talking about that. So should I tell you something about Rush Limbaugh? You can talk about whatever you want to talk about, and we have been talking about Israel. Good. Whatever's on your mind. Last night, Karen Lee Glick told Mark Levin that that was, that when the uh, politicians came to uh, talk to Bibi, the uh, American ones, he said. You can't do anything that will hurt civilians. You can't bomb the hospital. You can't, you know, which is their headquarters. You can't uh, bomb this U.N. school, which is where they usually send their bombs from, because you could hurt the children in the U.N. school. So he literally tied Bibi's hands, and I'm, I'm very, very upset about it. Well, there are a lot of reasons to be upset. Now, look, you know what happens if this indeed and I have not heard any update on it yet, if this hospital was actually hit by Israel and not by Hamas malfunctioning weaponry, there is going to be an outcry in the media that you can't believe. And you know the way that the press, look, there is no question. And again, that's what I said, look at the actions, not the words. Biden and his administration are talking all the right words. But look at the actions. Not just at Israel, look at the actions that they have been taking with Iran and how they're all out. And this is, oh, Iran is innocent of this. Iran has nothing to do with this. These guys are cheerleading for Iran right now. 
Mike in Valley Stream, you are up next. Hey, Bo, how you doing? I love, love the show. Listen, Bo, all these students that are uh, protesting, who's, who's paying their education? I'm curious. You know, because once huh. you become middle class in this country, it's very expensive to educate your kids. You know, when you're poor, you got tap P-O-G. And when you're rich, well, then you don't got to worry about money. You know, and well, you know, Joe Biden just cleared off a bunch of their student loans, so I guess you can say that in many, some of these cases, I don't know the specifics of everybody, of course. But look who's all out in favor for making sure that these college kids don't have to pay the money back. You have to pay your loans back. You have to pay your mortgage. You have to pay your bills. You take a car loan, you got to pay it back. Joe Biden doesn't say, oh, these car companies have just charged too much for cars. Let's go and forgive your loan. But they are trying to wipe out as much of the student debt, these same students, in many cases that are out protesting, they're trying to clean the debt. Look who, look, when these people go protest, how many times have you read they go and they sue the cops that arrested them and then they get settlements? They get paid off. Who does that? The left does that. Let's go to New Jersey quickly. And Pamela, Pamela, you're up next. Yes, uh, New Yorker's primary lawler. You look up the definition of rhino, his picture is right there. Amen to that. James in the Bronx, New York. You are up next, James. Listen, I just like people to look at the Bible and find out that what's happening in Israel has been going on for the last 2,000 years. And it's, it's, it's something that's. Uh, fighting Israel and fighting the Jews for 2,000 years, and it's right out there documented. So I Look, you know what? The up. Jews have been under attack. There is no question when you look through history what that history is. I love the guy's voice. He reminds me of Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Look, all you got to do. Anyway, folks. Time for us to say goodbye for the day. Boston Early's Rush Hour winds down. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones, especially in these most trying of times. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 and do it all again. Bye. Happy birthday.